0: Sooner Nation, Longhorn fans, welcome to episode 78 of the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas, and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. Kevin, Danny Stutzman making the rounds. On the sports talk show circuit today, he saw my favorite Jim Rome. He saw the new wonder kit on the block, um, McAfee, Pat McAfee. He was on the Pat McAfee show, and everybody is fired up about his pregame speech. Have you heard the pregame speech, Kevin?
1: I have not heard the pregame speech, I really don't have any interest in hearing. The pregame speech. You know how you know how I like Danny Sessman. I think he's a great player. Said so, that back in 2021 as a true freshman, but nah. The speech so, is not for
0: me, man. Wow, this is interesting that you haven't heard this yet. This is fascinating. Um, so he's getting the guys pumped up. He's getting them fired up. It's before the OU Texas game. That was on Saturday. Oklahoma won 34-20 or 34-30. Uh, Saturday, October 7th in the Cotton Bowl, 34-30, and he's getting them fired up. Okay. For the game. And he's just, he's a raging ball of energy, right? I mean, he is so excited. And he says to the team, I only know two things. Do you know what those two things are that Danny Stutzman knows? I don't. Why don't you please enlighten me? Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Danny Stutzman says he only knows two things. That Oklahoma only fears God. And Texas fears Oklahoma. What? Kevin, is this true? Is this what happens? Come on, man. What are you talking about? Come on, man. He's on the Jim Rome show, dude. There's got to be some well, validity in what he's saying.
1: Hey, good for him. No, the validity is the win. 34
0: is that's about it. But come on, ain't nobody scared of y'all. Have you seen the picture? Or tell me you have at least seen the picture of Danny Stutzman with his big fat cigar sitting in his locker with the gold helmet on his head looking oh, like yeah, a he, badass.
1: They, oh, he earned that. Yeah, he earned that. Go ahead. You're, you're not man, offended, you by, you're not you offended you by that. You're not offended by him. No, by some smoking a cigar in the locker room after a big win? Nah, man. To the so, biggest uh, go to spoil. So, But, so, uh, but uh, uh, Texas uh, fear of Oklahoma, come on, man. You scared of y'all. Well, that's what Danny
0: Stutzman said. I don't I hey, think to believe him. him. I think the guy hey, knows listen. what to talk about.
1: Hey, whatever you got to do to get your team fired up, I'm all for it. But come on, man. Do We, we think? It's,
0: do we think it's fair to say that Texas only fears Oklahoma when it's first and one at the goal line? Is that possible? Again,
1: not scared then either. And not scared yes. You, what nah, you're telling be, me. Ain't nothing to be scared of. No, you aren't scary the, like that. You,
0: You'll take four more downs from the from the one yard line. That's what you're saying to me. Yeah,
1: if we get that again, we're getting in. Okay. We
0: I would. I would hope so. It's the freaking one yard line. Which is the one yard hit.
1: line. Yeah, I don't care if you're playing against. I don't know. What have been some great defensive lines in the history of any level of football?
0: Um. Apparently, dude. Apparently, Oklahoma, 2023. I mean, because uh, they just shut you down yeah, on the one yard we did. line. With he two did. defensive was linemen and two big old defensive linemen. Yeah, big ones, too. Yeah, it's not a like really good linemen. A really good running back and a really mm-hmm. good offensive line minus your center. Uh, you got shut down. And you know what the That's crazy part of that was? Wall. The crazy part of that was is I swear your defensive tackles whiffed every time they were in. I don't think
1: they you put know, a on, – On one of the plays – And I don't know how the play was designed for him to run, but there was one play where everybody crashed in and the entire right side was open and he ran into the middle and got stuffed. But yeah, I don't know, man. I told you, there are zero excuses for having four chances and not getting in from the one yard line. I don't care who you're playing against.
0: Look, I did not want to come at you this hard uh, with Danny Stutzman quotes about how much y'all are scared of Oklahoma, but I am so sick of reading on the Twitter how Texas is still at power rankings. Everybody's power rankings still has Texas ahead of Oklahoma.
1: Who is everybody? Kevin. Are you talking about Josh oh, Page? Is that who you're referring anybody. to? And hey, remember, well, first of all, it's let a, me just say this. It's, Josh Page rankings in the world. are based on the model, on a statistical model that they use. They have this weird algorithm that ranks the teams. That's what his is based on, if that's does what you're not, referring
0: not, to. Does it not count wins and losses? Does it not count head-to-head? Am I missing something with well, sports? I didn't, I, had, I didn't create the model, but I'm just
1: explaining that. what That's what his model that he uses says. I don't know what it all goes into.
0: Okay, that's that guy. But there's other people, too, that are like, well, I mean, if, if Quinn doesn't throw two interceptions and have a fumble, if they get it in on the one-yard line, if Kevin – what are we doing in sports when our world revolves around the ifs? Are you kidding me? Like, if Dylan Gabriel would have played last year, and if we would have had a, you know, all of our defense wasn't terrible, we might have had a chance again. I mean, it's crazy, dude. We can play this game forever. Yeah. How as a fan can you get it on the hey, internet you've been, and me,
1: you've been hearing me say, man, just, just take the L and handle business and see if we get a chance to play you guys again and play better. That's all I care about. I'm not here to be like, oh, if this would have happened, if that would have happened, look, we lost. Take the L, right? Like, like Sam Ellinger told Kyler when he didn't want to take his hand after the game, told him, just take the loss. And Texas fans, we got to do the same thing. Just take the loss and then get better. And hopefully we get another shot at you guys and hopefully we'll play better.
0: What was Texas fan- Fans' reaction in 2018 to Kyler Murray crying after the first game he had lost as a starting quarterback in five years. Maybe Uh, it was
1: absolutely glorious, man. Yeah, yeah, Kyler. Yeah, a lot of our fans still Ah. refer to him as that. But see, but here's the thing, though, right? What what y'all do? We took the L. Y'all got we better. We went
0: about our business.
1: That's right. And then what happened? Y'all got us again. And Kyler won the Heisman Trophy, throwing the football on that day, too. We didn't let him run. And he was like, all right, that's cool. You ain't going to let me run. I got you from the pocket. Um. So he got the last laugh. And I'm just going to sit back and hope we can do the same. But if we the, do, oh, man, y'all better watch out.
0: One of the battle scars from this weekend uh, was announced yesterday. Andrell Anthony out for the season uh, with a knee, likely knee surgery, probably all sorts of ACLs, UCLs, MCLs. It's it's not good, dude. You and I are both on the record. We do not love the injuries, either team. Um, so that sucks. And Big of loss course, for OU.
1: Huge loss. I mean, we had questions about him going in. We knew he was fast, right? He was fast at Michigan. Didn't really work out there. Came to OU, and he's done a really good job this season. Led the team in receptions and yards, if I'm correct, right?
0: Yeah, he's a number one receiver.
1: Number yeah. one receiver. So yep. it's a huge loss, and, you know, you guys got to see who's going to step up to replace him.
0: Because, like I said, it's a huge loss. Well, I think, uh, you know, we got to count on Farouk, who had a tremendous game against you guys. Um, and he's played well all season, really, to be fair. But he's got to, like, elevate that game. Um, Nick Anderson, you hope – well, I'm – I think it's unlikely to think he can keep the same receptions to touchdown clip going, but I think he needs to start. Uh, we'll start seeing maybe a volume pickup in just the number of receptions, number of targets. Um, but the interesting uh, person that I'm wondering if he'll start to see time is Jaquez Petaway. Uh, we saw him. He got a touch in Texas on the um, reverse on the kickoff that was called back. That was his only touch. I feel like that's been his only touch in a couple of weeks, maybe three or four weeks. So we both know you've talked about him. You know Texas was high on him. See if he maybe gets some of those Andrell Anthony touches that are that have to go to somebody. But this sucks, dude. This yeah, sucks. I think he-
1: it's, as we get into this part of the season, right? I think you really start to see your true freshman kind of start to get it and play a little bit more. I expect Texas to have some younger guys play in a bigger role as the season progresses. So hopefully, it's a huge chance for him, right? Because I know you got Stoops and. I know you got um, Gavin Freeman, who you guys like, but you know they're more slot guys. You need somebody else who, who can play on the outside, and I think Petaway can
0: can be that guy. Well, I think Petaway and, and Nick and Nick Anderson, yeah, Nick right? Anderson, I mean, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I I think I don't know for sure. I'm not like a talent talent evaluator at the wide receiver position. You might be able to help me out, out with this. the The intuition I have is that Petaway – Probably a little more technical route runner than Nick Anderson, and Nick Anderson's kind of a down, yeah, he's field a kind of
1: big, fast guy, yeah, he's a more of a size guy, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, here's the thing about your scheme, right? Generally, the, there's only a few routes, it, it doesn't command that the receivers know the entire route tree, okay, right? Mostly it's hitches, you know, comeback routes, the go routes, and then you might have a few. Uh, crossing routes too. kind of, that's what you killed us on on the last drive is those crossing routes across the middle, making those Texas linebackers have to try to cover those guys going across the middle. So I'm curious. He played quite a bit in the first game, right? Against Arkansas state. He was out there a lot, but haven't seen too much of him since then. So I'm not sure what the deal is, why he hasn't been in the rotation as much as you would expect, but it's one of those things, man. It's like, Hey, you got to get ready now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, You're needed
1: now. You're not just
0: a luxury. Update on Texas players um, coming out of there. You had your center. You still had your Tavion Saunders. uh, Catalan didn't make it back into the game. Uh, Where are we at from a – did you – Yeah,
1: Majors should be back probably for Houston. If not, he'll be back the following week against uh, BYU. Um, Sanders should be good to go for Houston. He just needs some rest, which is, so the Bible week really did come at a good time uh for Texas Catalan. He said it's still day to day with him. So not exactly sure what his status is. I think they were still needing to do some testing. I haven't heard anything else since then though, but it's going to be good for them to get those guys healed up. Nothing of the season ending variety that I've heard though. So it's just, they
0: just need time to heal. Um, Oklahoma is living on cloud nine right now and, it makes me, it almost makes me a little nervous. I, I kind of, I know we've got some time. I know we've got a, a bye week We've got time to kind of regroup. Uh, I got excited when I saw Stutzman's making the rounds, but at the same time I kind of wish maybe we weren't acting like we won the national championship on Saturday. Cause that's almost what it feels like. And I don't love that. Um, but that's okay. If this is what, if this is how we motivate kids, is to let them enjoy their successes and enjoy their wins. I'm going to trust the coaching staff on that. But it just – the old school part of me makes me nervous. I feel like saying that game was over on Sunday night, you know, but it's the, yeah. the, the, the uh, celebration. I, I don't know if it
1: would be like this if, if it wasn't a bye week, if you guys didn't have the bye week. I don't think Sussman would have been over all the, you know, talk shows and and everything today. It wouldn't be as much talk. I think you're going to enjoy it see what you can get out of it while the guys are resting up, but I think next week, it's got to be a full go, because thankfully, we don't be- have a game this weekend, because we saw, the with Texas, right? I mean, you know, they beat Alabama, and then you saw a bit of a letdown, in the first half, really the first three quarters, against Wyoming, that following week. Yeah. Right? Because you're just on such a high. So, I think the bye week will help you guys, enjoy this week, refocus, get ready to handle business, against uh, UCF next week.
0: Uh, how does, how is, Okay, outside of the crazies on on the Twitterverse that still claim somehow that Texas is demonstrably better than OU, how is Texas fan doing? How is the Texas team doing regrouping? How are you doing? What is the um, outlook for the next couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the first couple of days after the game, it's just like, wow, we actually lost that game. And again, Texas didn't deserve to win the game, right? Based on the play for 60 minutes. OU was a better team. What was hard about it is the fact that some, despite, you know, as bad as they played, you still have the lead with a minute 17. And when you have that lead, you should win the game. If you're Texas, right? You If you were up with a minute and 17 left and they have to go 75 yards, that's a no game timeouts. you should win. No timeouts. Yeah, with, no. yeah, exactly. Good point. With no timeouts, that's a game you should win, right? So that part is frustrating. But you look at it, you know, you just kind of go back and forth. You look at the positives and the negatives. Positive is like, man, we weren't playing well. We weren't playing well at all, but somehow we still were able to get back into it. And obviously it took some mistakes from OU. I'm not saying that OU played a perfect game either, right? I think everybody left points on the tables in one way or another. But, you know, you didn't play well for Texas. You still somehow had the lead. We're able to fight back and get the lead. So it gives you some optimism going forward. The schedule is definitely more manageable going forward too. I think you just gotta learn from this loss right you found things that you can improve right you said okay how do how were they able to exploit this right we have a really good defensive line you know and i still believe that i don't have any different feelings about our players than i did going into that game was like what did oklahoma do to be able to neutralize that threat right so we got to be better in the quick passing game defending that our linebackers have got to be better in space or we got to scheme differently so our linebackers don't get better in space. And more than anything else, we got to figure out how to score in the red zone. And obviously, the four plays from the one-yard line, that magnifies all that. But just in general, I mean, I think they've had 11 touchdowns on 24 red zone appearances throughout the season, right? One of three this week against OU, right? you guys got six of six in the red zone.
0: Is there something schematically that 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 is an issue for you guys in the red zone that you've seen, or something with Sark's system, or is it just? I, I mean, I, obviously the field compresses, but it does that for every team, right? You'd expect right. against your level of competition and your level of talent that you'd be well north of fifty percent on, on on a stat right. like that.
1: So you guys were six of six in the red zone, between touchdowns and field four touchdowns in the red zone. That's what you got to do. You got to finish drives. I don't know. I Think it's gotta be something scheme-wise. The play calling hasn't been right, right? I'm not seeing any jump ball our receivers, right? We've got A.D. Mitchell out there, he's 6'3. Got yeah, JT Sanders. You can't who can handle this guy, you know, in the red zone on a jump ball, right? We threw it to him on a slant that he kind of bobbled, he got lit up by Billy Bowman, led to a turnover, right? It may be different if we throwing it up and making Billy Bowman or any other safety or linebacker in the country. Jump up with that guy who's six five and a freak athlete. Sure, you know. So I think it's a scheme. I think the play calling has to be better. The play design in the red zone has to be better for Texas. That's really the biggest thing that I'm looking for uh, going forward.
0: Uh, going forward for me it still continues to be the a running game for Oklahoma. We've got to re- we've got to run the ball better. Hopefully, seeing Gavin Sal- Salchuk in the game on Saturday. Indicated. He
1: had one, one carry, right? I think he, he had one it.
0: carry, but maybe he was maybe, out there
1: several plays. Like it, yeah, he seemed to be on there a lot on third downs. It seemed like
0: yeah, and maybe these two weeks are going to allow him to get right. We've been talking about that all season, but we we need production on the. I like what Tawi did. I still don't know that he's a number one though, right? He's
1: yeah. You would love him as a, as a change of pace guy, right? Fourth dude, quarter guy. He's absolutely. a low We had we had problems bringing him down. Right. I mean, he he's, you know, with his he's kind of short, he's strong. He's kind of bounces off. You really got to wrap him up. It usually takes two guys to be able to bring him down. Uh,
0: And then you and I talked about it's funny. We talked about it off uh, off air here right before we started recording. Um, I made the comment that it was a good catch by your special teams coach on that uh, reverse kickoff. To catch the forward pass, the illegal forward pass, because you're right. Live, it didn't look that way. And you then you said, "Well, yeah." Speaking of special teams, who's your special teams coach? I I gotta tell you, I'm remiss. I looked it up. I didn't realize we don't have an official special teams coach. I need to do some research into who handles that. But at the end of the day, Kevin, we weren't good on special teams. When you have a block punt, you let go a fake punt, and you miss a field goal. You know that's. You typically lose ball games. If, if somebody told me those three things happened against you guys last Saturday, I would have said, "Well, we'd have lost the game," because yeah. that's those are the equivalent of turnovers. You basically lose the ball when you should be receiving it on a punt. Uh, I don't even know what you call it, but it's a it's a score. And then to miss a field goal and give it, you know y'all went down and scored a touchdown, I think on that play on that drive. So uh, that's frustrating. So those are the two things it, it maintains that. But here's my question for you, though. So I still think we're both going to get to the Big 12 Championship game. I think the winner of that goes to the playoffs. Does does Texas are we guaranteed is Texas guaranteed to get in with one loss as a Big 12 champion? And the reason I asked that if is that, because if that are, yeah. you, are you
1: saying are you assuming that loss is against an OU team that is undefeated at that point?
0: I think I am. Yeah, I think I am just because I just don't see. It. I mean, there's just
1: not a okay, lot on yeah. there. Now, if, hypothetically, if OU was undefeated going into the Big 12 championship game and Texas beats them, I think you get in. I mean, unless we've got multiple undefeated teams, I don't see how you keep um, how you would keep um, a one loss Texas with the only loss win against Oklahoma, who was undefeated to that
0: point out. If Oklahoma suffers a stupid loss but goes on to beat Texas, do they get in? So they beat I Texas so. twice, but with like a loss. Yeah.
1: So I don't even know where. If those are Texas' only two losses of the season, I think so. Yeah. The problem we, is – It's just so rare. It's so hard for teams to go undefeated. We just don't see
0: that. You got Florida – I worry about Florida State and the ACC. I worry about Georgia. I don't think the SEC is going to get two teams in. Um So I worry about Georgia. I worry about Ohio State or or Michigan. And then I worry about Oregon and Washington. Like those, actually, every conference has, you know, if their if their big dogs perform the way they should, there could be a situation where a team does get left out. And I'm wondering, is this the year? Because the Big 12 is so bad. I don't think so, but I wonder.
1: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. This feels like the way this season has been going so far. It just seems like it's one of those years, right, where something – where there's going to be crazy things and we get down to the end and they're going to be a bunch of teams that are exactly the same. One loss, two loss teams, and, yeah, someone's going to be miserable when the uh, announcement's
0: made. Well, speaking of a bunch of teams, how about we talk about a bunch of teams that aren't Oklahoma and Texas – Pretty good weekend of college football coming up with some really, really big games. We're going to make our picks. We're going to pick five games since we don't have an Oklahoma and Texas game to pick. So we'll make sure and stay on track with that. Starting tomorrow night, Thursday, staying in the Big 12, West Virginia at Houston. Houston is getting three points at home. Uh, West Virginia, the surprise team of the Big 12, are they the number three team in the Big 12? They
1: actually might be the number two team in the Big 12. Oh, because they don't have because a Because they haven't lost. Yeah, Texas has a loss. They don't. So I think as of right now, yeah, they are the number two team in the Big 12. That's a very interesting game, right? Because Houston has not looked good, right? But no. West Virginia has. They beat Texas Tech. And I know Texas Tech hasn't looked great either. But, you know, that's a hard team to beat, right? They're a tough out regardless of their record. Well, we think so. So I'm curious yeah. to see... I'm curious to see how West Virginia plays down there in Houston. Houston, it's been a weird season. They had their first Big 12 game ever at home, and the stadium is two-thirds full. So interesting, man. Maybe like, well, like, y'all aren't as hyped up about the conferences we all thought you would be.
0: No, they're not, and it's um, it's just really hard to get hyped up when you're not any good, and here's the deal, dude, they're not any good. Um, yeah. Friday night, Stanford, at Colorado, uh, Colorado's an 11 point favorite. I would think they take care of business. It's just going to be interesting to see if uh, will they be getting Travis Hunter back. Is that a possibility? of you He's heard? He's been practicing, so I think he might be out there. I think that makes a huge difference, especially against a team like Stanford, in the sense that I think they can just roll. Um, yeah, I think it gives
1: them a psychological advantage too. Just they're going to be so hyped up having that guy back, you know, and seeing what he can do offensively just giving him another weapon and of course we know he can lock down half the field so it'll be huge for them to get him back.
0: Uh moving into Saturday, Ohio State at Purdue, Purdue's getting 19, Syracuse at the aforementioned Florida State, Florida State a 17 and a half point favorite. Arkansas at Alabama. I don't know how interesting the game is. I'm pretty sure Alabama goes ahead and wins this game everything that we've indicated. But 20 points. Alabama's a 20 point favorite at home. Any other year, I'm thinking, well, you know, that's normal for Alabama. But this year, I don't know, man. Do they can they throw twenty a twenty point beat down on a team? Are they that team this year, or is well, Arkansas? What,
1: I've noticed what I'm noticed about Arkansas, yeah, and they, they're obviously competitive, right? Like Sam Pittman is their head coach. They're going to come out and fight every game. We saw that against A&M A and couple weeks ago. Think about them, their offense has not been as good since they lost Kendall Giles to TCU. You know, their offense hasn't been as dynamic, and their defense, you know, has been a pretty good. But Alabama's passing game really looked good against AM, but they couldn't run the ball, though, right? They couldn't run the ball against AM. I think they're gonna really come out and try to show that they can run the ball better, which will then set up the play action. Alabama's defense is playing so good, though. I don't see how Arkansas is going to be able to score points. That's why I think they can cover this game.
0: Uh, Indiana at Michigan. Michigan, a 33-point favorite. Um, I guess the Big Ten's down to just three teams, right? The Big Ten's down to who we thought they were, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Is there anybody else out there yeah. that I'm forgetting?
1: I don't think so. And and they're really good, though. I think all three of those teams are really good.
0: Um. Michigan has that feel of a team that has tasted it. They've been there, and they they think they now know what they need to do to to overcome the last hump. Correct. Um, they, they it took them a little bit of time to overcome the stigma of beating Ohio State. They can put that into the check box now for the last two years. They they were in a thriller in um in a playoff game, lost to a, a good TCU team, but now they can put that into the box and say, okay, we know what to do now. Michigan makes me really, really nervous. I, If I'm having to choose today who the best team and who comes out of the Big Ten and, and goes to college football playoff, to me it's Michigan. Um, I don't trust Ohio State's quarterback. I do trust Michigan's quarterback. Okay, you uh, do trust McCarthy. I do. Well, I trust him. To, I think he just – More than McCord. I, more than McCord, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I trust McCarthy to – Um. I don't trust him over Dylan Gabriel or a, at the low end. And of course, any of the high end players, I mean, I don't put him over anybody else, but I think he's pretty solid. I mean, I think he's solid I, again. I think it's that learning factor, right? He's been there. He's done that. He'll be comfortable this time. Um, I don't know, man. And they've been recruiting well over the last three or four years. I just like where Michigan's going. Uh, I don't quick, know they, man. Yeah, go ahead.
1: If they beat Ohio, as good as Brian Day has been, well, I think he's lost, what, seven games, and this is his three fourth of, year. Is it three of them to Ohio State? Uh, two of, two, them to, two uh, of them. Two to Michigan. I mean, to Michigan, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's been the two in the in a row. It's been the last two. If they lose in Michigan now, his seed's going to get warm because at Ohio State, man, we've seen this before. Remember they had John Cooper in the 90s? He was a great coach. He'd go 10-2 and two every year, but he'd lose to Michigan every year, and they fired him. Because of it, so it's going to be a lot of whispers up there if they lose
0: to Michigan for a third consecutive year. I I think, I think too. You've got to add how they've lost to Michigan. Michigan has beat them down the last years. It's not.
1: It's bully ball with them.
0: You know, if you like, you you like look at Oklahoma against Sark, right? So you, you got the one big win. That's fine. That's going to buy them some time. But yeah. Yeah, in 2021, he lost to his rival, but it was crazy. You know, it was insane. In 34-30 this year was a tight, could have gone either way type of game. The ball bounces one way or the other, it goes different. That is not what happened to Ryan Day at Ohio State. He's gotten the doors blown off of his team by Michigan. Harbaugh has his number, and it, it, it's ugly.
1: Yeah, it's looking like some of those Stoops and, and Matt Brown. In the early years, in the early 2000s, he's trying to get in that field. So, if, you, if you're Ohio State, you cannot lose a psychological advantage
0: before you oh, step on the field. Reestablishing themselves last week as the clear number one team in the country. Georgia goes to Vanderbilt, where they will be a 31 and a half point favorite. Uh, Iowa State at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a five point favorite at home. Uh, Interesting game here. Cal goes to Utah. Utah's a 12-point favorite. I checked the internet again before the show. Cam rising is still undetermined.
1: I I saw there was an article on The Athletic earlier this week that was talking about his injury. That injury is bad. It is a really, really bad injury that he suffered. It wasn't just an ACL. It was a MCL the LCL and the meniscus that he tore so that it's a it's just a horrible injury that he had they actually interviewed the surgeon so it's there's so many ligaments that are damaged when you do the exercises that would help you train your ACL that could damage the meniscus and if you do the one that trains the meniscus that could hurt the LCL so that's why it's taking so long for him
0: to get to get back on the field, well, I don't know when he's going to be back. Well, let me ask you. I mean, you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, so we're just two dudes talking here. But what's the point then? Why are we? Why are we continually saying he's close or he's day to day or he's getting time yeah. on the field? Is he really that? And, I don't and they're know. Just I mean, you see him the- out
1: there. He's warming. I've seen him warming up. Right. We saw that against Florida. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if they. Like, he's working every week and. They just don't claim or it's just just some game. He knows he won't be back for a while and they're just using it as some kind of gamesmanship and forcing opposing defensive coordinators to prepare for what he does well. You never know what coaches. They
0: can be weird. Listen, dude, I guess that's fine for like a week or whatever, but I do not love that. I mean, if that's the case, I I don't know. I think that's just, I think it's poor form. Like if the kid's out, he's out. Like let him be out. So. I don't know. It's really weird, man. I hope he gets back. I, that's still the team I'm rooting for. But th- at this point, I don't see how they're able to hang with the Oregon's and Washington's of the world. E- maybe even with Cam Rising if he hasn't played ball in you know Correct. over a year with,
1: without him, man. We saw that against Oregon State, right? They just did not score enough. When their defense played pretty well against, I guess
0: that team. But man, yeah, you, you got to have the guy out there if you want to win. Game of the week in the Pac-12. The Oregon Ducks traveling to the Washington Huskies. Washington is a minus three, a three-point favorite, which tells me that this is a pick them in Vegas because they're at home. They get the three points for home. They're saying this could go either way. couple stats. Oregon, the only team in the country uh, that ranks um, in the top five in both scoring offense and defense. They are two and five, respectively, scoring fifty one point six points a game, allowing eleven point eight a game. Wow. Washington won this game last year, thirty seven thirty four at Oregon. So there's a crazy ending, di- by the way. Yeah, yeah, crazy ending. Bo Nix, Michael Penix both in the race for Heisman. This will be a a Heisman-defining game for each of them in their candidacy. Bo Nix, get this, dude, is in the top 20 all-time passing in the NCAA, largely because of how many years he's played, but still. Um, He's got 15 touchdowns and an interception on the year. Michael Pinnock has almost 2,000 yards already, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions, and, of course, he's thrown to three NFL receivers. Rome Odunze, Jalen McMillan, and Jalen Polk. Um, those dudes are going in the NFL. It looks like two of them are going to be maybe first-rounders. One of them is slated like it's a third-rounder. Tons of talent on Washington's team. But Oregon is full of dudes. We'll pick this game. What are you thinking about it?
1: Man, I love the matchup. I mean, like I said, I got a chance to watch the end of that game last year, and it was bonkers. It was kind of similar – to the Red River Shootout game that we had on Saturday, just crazy back and forth, just down literally to the last play of the game type stuff. These two quarterbacks, you know, I've been the president of the Michael Penix fan club. Yes, I, I was a fan of him when he was at yes, Indiana. And when he got to Washington in that scheme with those receivers, and the we Texas fans, we know about this. We saw him firsthand in the Alamo Bowl. And I knew going into that game, I did not like that matchup for Texas at all, because just it's just a lot to cover man, those, those three receivers and the way that they scheme them up, they get them down the field, they spread you out. It's kind of like their offense is what I think OU's offense will be once you continue to elevate, you know, you get the recruiting with the, with the receiver talent, right? Once you get three dudes out there, that's what that offense can be because they spread you out and they get those guys going down the field. It's just a lot to cover. I really like Oregon though. We saw what their defensive line can do. Um, when they're motivated, we saw what they did against Colorado. Again, their offensive line is great, but, you know, it's, it was a statement game for them, right? It was a game that they all took personally. I don't know, man. It, it, it can go either way. You make reasonable arguments for either team here. I, I mean,
0: I give the edge to Pennix in the quarterback battle, the quarterback matchup or whatever. Same. I give the edge to Oregon because of their defense. I don't know. We'll come back and we'll pick that game, but to me that's just fantastic. That's, that's and it's just crazy to think that this is happening in the Pac-12 with all they've been through. I the mean, fact that
1: this is the last year of the conference being the way it is, too, when you have all these great quarterbacks and great teams and great players, and then next, next year they'll all be in different conferences. So it's, it sucks to see. Uh
0: and at Tennessee. Tennessee's a three-point favorite, uh, which is uh, interesting. AM coming off a tough loss to Alabama. Tennessee trying to continue to establish themselves in the SEC East. The reality is they're playing for second place in that division. So I don't know that Correct. it matters.
1: Correct. I mean, listen, their offense, it has not been as good as it was last year. Right? No. They missed their quarterback.
0: They missed their receiver.
1: Joe. Yeah, is Jalen there. Hyatt. Yeah, Hyatt's yeah. gone. He's in the NFL playing for the New York Giants. So um, their offense hasn't been the same. Joe Milton is good. He's got a strong arm, but he is not what they had last year. So we'll see. Defense has been a little bit better. I don't know, man. and m that offense, I still wonder who's calling the shots, who's pulling the strings with them offensively. They brought in Bobby Petrino to be their OC and play caller. Sometimes I see innovative-looking plays, and then sometimes I see the same old Jimbo Fisher offense. So I just want to see what happens if they cut it loose with Max Johnson. Obviously, Connor Wegman's out. They've got good receivers. The defensive line was pretty good against Alabama, stopping the run game. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting matchup for sure, and it's a desperation. One. I think both teams really need to win the game. I hope it's A&M.
0: I hope it's the same old Jimbo calling the plays, and I hope they get blown out by Tennessee because I can't stand them, and I'm glad they're losing. Um, yeah, we
1: don't want. Hold on. We don't want them to fire Jimbo. We want I, don't him to do fire Jimbo.
0: I don't think they're going to fire Jimbo.
1: I don't think they're going to fire him. That's Listen the thing. To me. They will I don't care how much that buyout is. They didn't pay seven or ninety million dollars to be going. They'll be four and three if they lose this game. Well, I hope they lose it. Right? I'm telling you, they're not gonna fire him and three. It, I'm not talking about now, but just the way it projects. They haven't even played Alabama yet. They still gotta play LSU as well. If they have a five and seven type season, they're gonna fire Jimbo. And we don't need Deion Sanders going to college station. None, neither of us need that.
0: Does Shadur go with them?
1: I don't know. He might go to the NFL. You have to you get a waiver. Which it should do. It should do an NFL. Shoulders sure going to. Go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, NFL quarterback, hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. Wow, I don't. Oh, he's pretty good. Watch I the guess. tape, man. <laughs> Just watch the tape.
0: Oh, it's weird. Okay, all right. We'll come back to that. That's an interesting discussion. We'll come back to that. Kansas at o- Oklahoma State. Kansas three point favorite. Uh, the the quarterback for Oklahoma State, they finally solidified it out with Alan Bowman, who over the last two games threw for 513 passing yards. Which doesn't sound that bad, but his completion percentage is 50%. 50. I don't know, man. But that win
1: against K-State was eye-opening for sure. I don't know if that's just bad on K-State. We we thought K-State was going to be competing for third, maybe even a chance to be second in the conference and, and get to Arlington to play in the championship game. Right? I mean, you thought that. I thought that. So that's a, that's a, just an eye-opening loss,
0: and well, eye-opening I, win for Oklahoma State. I think that speaks more to K-State's uh, ability to throw pick sixes than it does Oklahoma State's ability to do anything. Uh, I This game doesn't mean a ton, but I'm interested to get your thoughts on it, and we might end up picking this. BYU's at TCU. Um, TCU is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite despite being three-and-three. BYU's four-and-one. Is BYU just getting no respect, or is this line accurate, and you think TCU goes ahead and and wins? BYU,
1: I I think they're averaging like 60 yards a game rushing. They can't run the ball. And I don't care. Like, if you can't run the ball, even though you want to. They're still four-and-one. They are four-and-one. They've been playing well. I don't know. I think this is just a talent thing compared to TCU. TCU is an interesting team too. I mean, they lost and they lost pretty handily to Iowa
0: State. So I really don't know, don't know what to think about this game. All right, let's get to the other big game of the weekend. Um, USC at Notre Dame. Now, uh, this would have been bigger if Notre Dame would have held on and beat um, Louisville. Louisville. This would have been a much bigger game, but as, as it stands, it's still a pretty big game. the, Notre Dame surprisingly is a two and a half point favorite against your favorite USC Trojans. Have you seen the weather for this game?
1: Well, I heard that USC was doing some kind of simulated rain practice, so I'm assuming it's not going to be good. What do we got? Do you know
0: what this? Do you, have you have you seen videos of this simulated rain, rain practice? No,
1: I heard about it, but I haven't seen it.
0: It's like a super soaker. They're squirting a super soaker at the punt at the. Um, punt returner because i to turn summer. on the
1: sprinkler or something it dude like it's the it dumbest a thing.
0: listen dude it's the absolute dumbest thing you've ever seen in your life i've never seen anything so stupid it's pretty embarrassing I, man i if if i was coaching little kids football and i said well it might rain so everybody bring their water guns and we're going to shoot them at each other and that'll get us used to playing in the rain Parents would look at me like I was the biggest idiot on the face of the earth. I just can't. What in the world is happening at USC that somebody said? I don't know. Go get a super soaker and let's spray it at the punt re- punt returner and to simulate rain. Like, yeah, it's pretty on.
1: embarrassing. I-, I haven't seen it, but, but, but what you're telling me is accurate. Yeah,
0: it's pretty pretty weird, well, man. I don't I don't see how that works. Well, I'm telling you, and it is accurate, and it's stupid. Anyway, they're doing that. So maybe Lincoln Riley knows something, because the weather is supposed to be rainy, windy, and in the fifties. Uh, definitely not Southern California weather. This is uh, Notre Dame weather. But you know what, dude? Notre Dame's on turf these days, right? They're not even on yes, grass anymore.
1: Yeah, remember we used to talk about how they would keep their grass mode taller than everybody else. Right? I bet now, they wish they had.
0: I was really I surprised they wish they, to see that. I bet they wish they had tall grass for USC this week.
1: Correct. You gotta <laughs> gotta slow those dudes
0: down. I, I, anyway, okay, number thirteen. The matchup is really this: okay, Notre Dame at best has a questionable offense versus what only can be described as a completely and totally inept defense of USC. USC, on the other hand, explosive offense versus a physical defense. Um, USC get this: scoring fifty one point eight points a game. But they're also allowing 27 points a game. And this is against teams that they are, should be superiorly talented over. Um, they've allowed teams to score points, that just really have no business. Notre Dame scoring 31.8 points a game, going up against harder defenses. They've now gone up against Louisville, Duke, Ohio State. Those are all in those numbers. So Notre Dame, while we don't think of them as lights out, and by no means am I categorizing them as them. They really haven't played a defense as bad as what USC is going to throw out there.
1: No, on the at all. flip,
0: on the flip side, Notre Dame's only allowing 15.9 points a game. Dude, Notre Dame is stingy, dude. They're stingy, they're at home. The conditions are not in USC's favor. Is this the weekend that Caleb Williams finally loses uh in the se- in the 2023 season? No.
1: What? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Nah, listen. They got losses coming, and I think they've got multiple losses coming. Right? I think they lose three out of their out of their last five games. I just don't think it's tonight.
0: Why are you in love with Caleb Williams? What is it? What is okay, it Lee, about Lincoln Riley? You literally and just Alex hear what Lynch, I just said. It no, I'm talking about this week. Why can't no. we lose this week, Kevin? Why do we have to wait for them to lose? Why can't they lose this week against a Notre Dame team that is three and two and is inconsequential? Why can't USC lose this week and next week and
1: the I am sensing some still Lincoln Riley stress. It's you not are, that. You guys are a top – hold on. You guys are a top five team in the country. I know. You're a head coach. You're right. Who you think is an upgrade just had his first signature win. You're right. And things are going great. He's and yet lost. I'm triggered. As soon, as soon as. And yet I'm triggered. Stop stressing about Lincoln Ronnie. He's gone. You got your guy. You guys are playing better than USC. And listen to this. Oh, you water are guns. recruiting better. Water guns. I know, but just, just laugh. You should laugh at him. Don't, do you know, it. just laugh at him. Just sit back and laugh. You guys are recruiting better. You got better players. And you got better players coming. That's what I'm really surprised about with Lincoln Running, by the way, <laughs> is how they're not recruiting like uh, they were, like we thought he was. He's not shutting down the West Coast. So just laugh at him.
0: Uh, Listen, I don't uh, think
1: Notre Dame can keep up. Remember Lincoln Riley's offense, when it's all said and done, is based on running the ball with, on the counter, and they got Marshawn Lloyd. I still think they can run against don't Notre a, Dame.
0: Don't they have a running back that's hurt, though, right now? Is is he the one that's hurt? I don't know. I thought I
1: saw him out there. And like, I, didn't, I didn't watch the end of the Arizona game. Marshawn Lord is injured. That might change things. But um, No, I think they're going to run the ball. And I just, like, their defense is horrible. USC over the last three weeks, right? 28 to Arizona State, 41 to Colorado, and 41 against Arizona. The, the offense. At home. But, man, I still think, and again, you got to count for Caleb running the ball, too. So, again, I think USC has three losses in Three. Maybe even four. Right? I don't think that they're going to struggle against Utah. They're going to struggle against Washington, and they're going to struggle against Oregon. And they could struggle against UCLA. I think they beat Notre Dame.
0: All right, let's go ahead and make our picks. Let's make our – oh, by the way, Miami tries to bounce back against North Carolina. North Carolina and Mac Brown are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Missouri's at Kentucky, two-and-a-half-point favorite to Kentucky. I don't know if I'm putting money on Kentucky real quick, just after that beatdown they just had. And then interesting game left in the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 after dark. UCLA at Oregon State. Oregon State a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, that should be
1: a fun game. If you if you stay up late, it should be a fun one.
0: Okay, we're definitely picking the uh, USC Notre Dame game. We're definitely picking the Oregon Washington game. Um, uh, do you want to pick UCLA Oregon State?
1: Yeah, why uh, not? We just make it an All Pac twelve
0: affair. Okay, Oregon State UCLA. Okay, hold on, and then. Your other options are A and M, Tennessee, KU, Oklahoma State, BYU, TCU, Cal, Utah, Arkansas, Bama. What are you thinking?
1: Um, Tennessee and A and M sounds good. And you can so. you run, we also have UNC in Miami. Still a top twenty five matchup.
0: Let's do it. Let's do UNC in Miami. All right. Uh, I am currently sitting at like one game over 500, if I remember. 15-14-1. You, my friend, are killing it. 19-10-1.
1: I still feel like a loser because I uh, lost in the only game that mattered last
0: week. 34-30, Kevin. 34-30 loss. Uh, Oklahoma had a 75-yard drive with a minute 17 left where Dylan Gabriel went 5-for-5. Found Nick Anderson in the quarter of the end zone in a historic win with 15 seconds left. So that's correct. You lost that game. Yeah, well, um, I didn't
1: give go down the field, 75 yards with no timeouts.
0: And the white in the middle was so wide open, dude. The middle was yeah. so yep. wide open. Holy mm-hmm. cow! Drake stoops over the middle twice um, on that drive. All right, North Carolina, Miami. Uh, what did I say that spread was? Uh three and a half to North Carolina. Three and a half favorite. North Carolina is three and a half favorite. I'm taking Carolina. I don't think Miami,
1: Miami recovers. I, I actually kind of like this Miami team, but too much Drake May. He's playing really well the last
0: few weeks. UNC. Okay. Uh uh AM Tennessee. I, I'm taking Tennessee just because I can't root for AM. I, I don't even want to root for him to win in a in a picks. I I think AM defensively can do something about it, but it's at Tennessee and I don't know. They just find ways to lose.
1: What's, what's the line on this? Uh,
0: minus three, Tennessee's a three point favorite.
1: Oh, I'm going to go Tennessee, but here, here's the thing with those type, of the offense that they run, you got to get the ball out quickly. And Joe Milton, I don't know how good he is at that. And that a defensive line can really get after you. They got five stars all across the line. So I'm still going to go Tennessee, but man, if a and wins the game, that'll be the reason.
0: Let me ask you a question. Side note, you said earlier, we don't want Jimbo fired, right? Because we want him to continue to be there and continue this
1: yes, path of mediocrity.
0: This path of mediocrity, absolutely, 100%. And I agree with you. I understand that, but let me let me throw something out there that maybe you haven't thought about. Okay. And this just this just came to me. What happens if Jimbo does leave? What happens to all those five stars that are on the defensive line? Are they guaranteed to stay at AM? Do maybe they enter the transfer portal and consider playing somewhere else?
1: It depends on who replaces Jimbo. You think what we, if they say? What if they say? Okay, we're going to take this ninety million, and we're going to offer it to Coach Prime. You think anybody's leaving? I can tell you right now, no.
0: You're saying every kid there would rather play for Deion Sanders, and and let's just say your defense or your de- versus your defensive line coach or our defensive line coach, well, we're going to okay, have no I mean,
1: shot. It just bring no. You have shots. Here's the thing. You do have the guys you have relationships with, right? If it's DJ Hicks, a guy who you you were really in it for, right? A guy like that, I can see coming to Oklahoma if that's the case. Because you guys are, are established. If the season finishes the way it started for you guys, then yeah, for sure. But it won't be the mass exodus that you would expect when a coach leaves, if Coach Prime comes, were to come to Texas and in it.
0: Do you think AM um would be willing to hire Deion Sanders? Yes. Yeah, I think so. you're probably right. Um, I think they would. How I is would he paid to see that? How is he with Texas high school coaches? Because he coached in high school in Texas. He did.
1: He did. I, I think he'll be great. I think he'll just be prime, right? Yeah,
0: I think all right. You're you might we better right. know what it is. I, so I hope, hope I'm not. The last so thing I'm to self- see. So, what you're telling me is the devil we know. When we go into the SEC next year, we want the devil we know, which is Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, I'll take Jimbo Fisher there. Okay. He, That's, just, he just
1: looks like he doesn't even No, he doesn't know what's give a, he yeah doesn't dude, He doesn't even like, – he's just going to make and y'all going to pay me regardless. So, hey, we're just yeah. going to go out and do what we do. So, yeah, please
0: stay. Uh, Pac-12 after dark, UCLA at Oregon State. Oregon State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm making this pick – for one reason and one reason only. One of my very good friends, Johnny Chang, is a ginormous UCLA Bruin fan. And for that reason and that reason alone, I'm taking UCLA to cover the three and a half at Oregon State. And this game is in Corvallis, right? That's correct. So it's a toss-up, really. At three and a half, they're saying it's a toss-up.
1: You know, I like DJ um, more the quarterback. Their freshman quarterback. From uh, you like, UCLA. You like the freshman quarterback at UCLA? I like him a lot. I also like DJ, Yu I think he's a really good. I like UCLA's defense, but man, I can't expect him to go and win at Oregon State with a true freshman quarterback.
0: That's Is he thinking. a true freshman? By week six, is he or week seven? Are they still true freshmen? Uh, I think so, man. Dante was his name, by the way. Sorry.
1: Okay, um, so you're going
0: out Oregon State. State. All right, first uh, first point of disagreement. All right, uh, SC, Notre Dame. You've already told me you got Notre Dame, or you got USC, right? Yeah. What's the line? It's two, Notre Dame favorite. Two and a half to Notre Dame. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna go with um, it's it's in an, it's forget Lincoln Riley, right? It's Caleb Williams. It's Caleb Williams. That's I I just it's so. Difficult for me to pick against him. I have seen this firsthand when he was a true freshman who hadn't even started a football game yet. When you I see know. that against your team, it, it does
0: something. We to talked you, about this, though, like we literally. OK, look, objectively, we talked about this last week. How many times can he keep being Superman and putting this team on his back and completely carry them? He had to do that against Arizona of all teams. Arizona's terrible, Kevin. Notre Dame isn't like 1988, Notre Dame, right? They're not, you know, Newt Rockney and the four men of the, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are walking in. However, they're better than Arizona. They are they're better than Arizona.
1: Horsemen. Yeah. And I think they're better than their three and two record shows.
0: They've played a really tough schedule. They always do. You know, you lose to a good Ohio State team on the last play of the game
1: with 10 players uh, on the field.
0: Yeah, it gets, exactly. That's right. Uh, you know what? I am taking it. I've talked myself into it. Notre Dame covers the two and a half. Wins and covers. All right, dude. The game of the week. Your boy, Michael Penix, Jr. against Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks. Dan Lanning will be really, 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 really cocky if they win this game. Uh, the line was Washington is a three-point favorite. What do you think?
1: This, again... Reasonable points for either, to pick either team, but I'm going UW. Michael Penix Jr. bought himself to the top of the Heisman with a win against the Oregon Ducks. UW.
0: I am taking defense over offense, and I'm going with the Oregon Ducks. This is the only pick that isn't with my heart because I, I want Washington to win. I would like to see Washington come out of the Pac-12 if we can't have Utah. Um, I've never liked Oregon. I didn't like them starting in 2006 when we got robbed. I don't like all the uniforms. I don't like all the whatevers. Their basketball court is the ugliest freaking basketball court in the history of Listen, basketball courts. I can't okay, real quick on it. that.
1: I get what they were trying to do.
0: right? They but
1: They went way too far. They, they went way, way
0: too far. With it's that. disturbing, dude. It creates mental images in your head, and you and you can't handle, you can't hardly deal with it. Uh, Dana Altman, though, from all accounts, seems like a really nice guy. I don't really care. I do not like Oregon, um, but I think they're, de- I think they are loaded defensively. I think if they win at Washington, they might be the only team in the country that can challenge Georgia. Maybe them in Michigan. Can
1: you if imagine that? Dan Lanning, former Georgia defensive coordinator potentially in the playoff against his old team.
0: Um well, I can't imagine it and I think it would be pretty good theater. Uh I hope Georgia loses somewhere along the way cuz I'm sick of seeing them there. But yeah, that would be pretty cool. So anyway, Oregon Ducks um trying to I'm trying to get out of a not out not out of a hole 15-14 and 1, hanging in there, but man, you are killing it this year. 19-10 and 1. Um obviously, folks, if you've been listening, We got a little OU Texas talking there. It's pretty hard on a bye week, but that's okay. Uh, We got a little score heavy and and line heavy in the back half of this episode, but that's all right because there's some good games to talk about. Um, Kevin, what are you most looking forward to this weekend? Well, you know, I'm I'm
1: looking forward to not having the stress of watching my own team play, right? That game was brutal. It was exhausting. Really by the first six minutes in the first quarter, I needed a nap. I've, I've, We've seen some crazy moments in that game, but that was just a complete frantic start to that game. Everything that that game is supposed to represent, we saw. We saw everything. We saw the best in the fan bases, the atmosphere, the players giving everything they had. A player like Dylan Gabriel, you know, who has something to prove and going on and proving it. We saw Texas fight back, being down 10 after three, having three turnovers. So, yeah. You got everything you can want from that game.
0: Well, you know, what's so funny about that game is it never, you you said it exactly right. It just never was like a normal game, you know? And I, and I the way I say normal game is in a lot of football games that you watch and maybe more so in the NFL, college might be a little different, but still in a lot of football games you watch, you know, you'll have like five or six plays and you'll, you'll punt it, you know, in five or six or seven plays and you punt and you kind of get into a rhythm and it's not. Every play isn't the most dramatic sitting on the edge of your seat begging for something to happen. I felt like every single play, I'm on the edge of my seat going, my God, if we A, don't make a stop, or B, don't pick this up, or whatever, the the game is over. It's over on this one play. And it felt like that for every single play of the game.
1: Yes, and we talk about this game with, with the momentum shifts that happen back and forth, and this game had so many. I mean, from one play to the next. You feel like when Quinn you fumbled the ball, great play by Peyton Bowen, by the way, and you guys recovered it. I'm thinking, and I texted I'm like, this might be a blowout. And I legitimately felt that you guys had all the momentum and the football. You had just gone down the field and scored on your opening possession of the third quarter. So I'm like, man, we really can't stop you guys. And we just turned it over again. We're about to be yeah. down 17. Everything's going to fall apart. But again, defense gets a stop, and then next thing you know, it's tied again. So we
0: had Um, it. I'm most looking forward to seeing if the Pac-12 looks like the football that I saw last Saturday. So the football I saw last Saturday was what I felt like for the first time in an Oklahoma-Texas matchup was – Really pretty, really, really good offense against pretty darn good defense on both sides of the ball, right? Really balanced attacks from both teams. So many times over the last 10 years, it's been Oklahoma with a really good offense and nothing on the defensive end. Sometimes y'all with a pretty good defense, nothing on the offensive end. Just kind of these mismatches of whatever. And, you know, like, yes, the games might have been exciting, but you could tell they weren't very good. These teams, I thought on last Saturday, I could tell were really good. I'm wondering, will we see that same thing at Oregon, Washington? Will we see a high level of play where, when that game's over, we go, "Whoa, that was yeah. a good game!" Like yeah. that. Was I don't good. want to
1: play in these teams. I wouldn't want
0: to play Washington, or I wouldn't want to play Oregon, right? Or either yeah. one, you know, or either yeah. one. Like, I mean, we want listen, dude. Oklahoma, you know this. I'm Oklahoma played Texas game. We do not want to play Texas again. I hope Texas somehow stubs their foot against you know. K-State and Texas Tech and we don't have to play you. I don't think it will happen. But I don't want to play because what I saw is if you got if you clear up some inter, if you clear up some turnovers and some play calling in the red zone, it could be a very very different game. And so I do not want to see that. But anyway, that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend is you know, can can these two high level teams deliver what we delivered last weekend? Because I think that's a really interesting question to answer because right now the college football world thinks Oklahoma and Texas are pretty good. Yeah, and they, and, they can
1: play against anybody. Yeah. They're not a team and then, in the country that I think either of us would be intimidated to step on a football field with.
0: And have, you not- say. and have you noticed the paradigm shift as it talks about us entering the SEC? Now we all have, yeah. mo- we all have momentum entering the SEC. We all have uh, recruits entering in the SEC. Now we felt that already, right? Both schools felt that already. But now people are starting to jump on that bandwagon And the same thing needs to be said now for Oregon and Washington, right? Are they going to be ready to go into the big 10? Are they going to be ready to tee it up against um, Ohio Ohio state State, and Michigan? Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same storyline. And so I'm just really fired up about that. But um, to everybody out there uh, last week was amazing. And uh, we appreciate Kevin, we've had record numbers of listeners, record record numbers of viewers, So everybody that's supporting the Boomer Bebo podcast, it's been so much fun over the last uh, season so far. And we really, really appreciate you guys. Uh, Kevin and I just really enjoy what we're doing. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun and we hope that uh, it comes across in this podcast. So share it.
1: Appreciate the support. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Share it. Like it. Subscribe anywhere you get podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google. Um email kevin at brown-ohaver.com and he'll send you a link. Like, whatever you need us to do, you let us know and we'll make sure you can listen to it. Uh Kevin quick, before we go,
1: gotta give a shout-out, birthday shout-out to my wife, Casey. Is she an October birthday? She is, yeah. So, he got her birthday wish and you guys winning the Red River Shootout. So, gotta give a birthday shout-out to my amazing wife.
0: Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Casey. Okay, so um i was having this conversation with a buddy of mine that there is like a lot of people born in the first two weeks of october like it just seems like i know so okay. many people that and we've pinpointed it back to that it's 10 months prior to uh the first two weeks of january okay so like you have new year's eve combined with it's like always really, a festive re- night always a festive night. Probably some alcohol involved. Um, and then the and then those first two weeks of January, it's really cold. You're inside, you're recovering from Christmas. So I'm just saying there's there's a natural rhythm to these things. But what it does is is it creates people like me and Casey who are mentally superior to every Texas fan in the world. How's that feel? When's mm-hmm. your birthday?
1: September first. Yep. You start bad. the college football season. Terrible month. Yeah, I know. Start, that's I how Texas starts.
0: Season. That's how Texas. That's where Texas lives. So, this is the beginning of the football, the football
1: season. season off. Oh my god! Labor Day weekend. Are you serious?
0: This literally the most. Dude, you almost weekend? lost to Rice on Labor Day weekend. Well, Don't even give almost. it to me. You no, almost lost was, to Rice.
1: There was never a second. They almost. Dude, they almost bench
0: Quinn Ewers. They almost benched Quinn Ewers. Malik Murphy could have been our starting quarterback. You probably would have beat us if Malik Murphy played. He probably didn't have two interceptions and a fumble.
1: Really. Does he have 19 straight completions?
0: I'm sorry, 34 what? What was the score? The score was 34-30. Thank you. Thank you very much. And on that note, Kevin, have a great night. Boomer! Okay.